Hello and welcome to another episode of the Virtualicious Podcast. I am very pleased about the topic that we are speaking about today. It's about how to cook when you might have a chronic illness or a disability that is an obstacle um, for you to be able to cook in the way that you want to be able to eat healthy and wholesome meals that are going to keep you feeling good. So I think this is going to be a great topic. I've got loads to talk about, loads and loads to talk about. Let's get started. So this topic came about because a friend of mine um, asked me to talk about it. Her name's Karen. Uh, Karen uh, suffers from chronic illness herself. Um, she, she does so much stuff. Uh, she actually started a marketplace where you can buy um, products from people that create, uh, sorry, people that suffer from disabilities. So it's craft um, products and by disabled people. So it's brilliant. It's supporting people that are suffering um, from disabilities. And because she's suffering herself and she knows um, she has a community of people that um, have chronic illnesses and she understands the the challenges that they face when it comes to eating healthy. She asked me to uh, write a blog and record a podcast on the topic because she thought it'd be really helpful. So we got on the phone and went through all the things that she finds a challenge and some things that she knows that some of the people that she knows um, find challenging when it comes to cooking. And we talked about uh, ways that that could be overcome. And here we are. We're going to talk about it now on this podcast. We're going to share all of that with you. Um, so I'm really pleased um, about that. So the first thing is about planning. So one of the things that Karen said that she suffers from is a feeling of brain fog. And that makes making decisions uh quite difficult, quite, uh, taking, takes up quite a lot of energy for her. So, you know, when you go to the kitchen, you open the fridge and you think, all right, what shall, I, what shall I eat? What have I got in the fridge? What can I make today? And then you start cooking. Well, for her, it's very difficult. You know, by the time she's decided what to eat, she's already run out of energy. And so then she'll have to come back later to actually do the cooking. So we talked about planning and said, like, planning is is essential to to removing uh, or reducing the amount of energy that gets expended when you're cooking, right? So you're not having to do the thinking um, there and then. You do the planning beforehand, you do the thinking beforehand, so then you're doing the doing when you're doing the cooking. Um, and that, that kind of really helped. So things like um, having a master shopping list that makes making your shopping list more efficient, um, there's an there's a podcast episode on shopping lists and how to make um, your shopping list more efficient. Highly recommend it. It's got loads of tips on that. Um, planning what you're going to batch cook um, in advance. And actually, when you're on the sofa sitting down, maybe watching TV, you can run through what you're going to batch cook and how you're going to batch cook it in your mind. And then when you come to doing it, you would have already thought of how to overcome the obstacles and how to make it as efficient as possible. So that's part of your planning process is just thinking it through. Planning your meals for each day. If you know what you're going to eat, it's so much easier to to do it when it comes up to it. You can make sure that you've got all the food that you need. Um, you can think about 
how to make it more efficient. You know, if you've got similar things that you're cooking, you can kind of multitask by cooking the same bits at the same time and then separating it out later on. Um, planning when you will cook, right? This, this is good for everyone. Busy people, especially people with low energy, definitely. Plan around your energy levels. So cook when you know you're gonna have the energy to cook. So for me, last week, I had a really busy few days and I knew that I was gonna be jam-packed and I really tried to fit as much as I could into those few days. The day after, I should have known, um, I didn't think about it, but I should have known I was going to be absolutely knackered, right? So not plan to do anything on that day. In fact, I didn't plan to do anything that day because I knew that I'd be tired. I did think about it. But, you know, thinking about when you're going to have the energy. And then the following day, because I'd rested, I had loads of energy. So that's the day to plan to do things, right? So um, planning around your energy levels is really important. Um, I have a meal planning course and I have a meal planner journal and I talk a lot about meal planning. So if these are the things that you want to know more about, then, you know, just check out my stuff. Um, it's really important to meal plan. And you don't have to do it all the time. I don't do it all the time. But when I do do it, it really, it helps. You know, it's got to kind of fit in with your lifestyle. And, and meal planning, um, as I say, it's got to fit in with your lifestyle. Meal, meal planning has to be bespoke to you and what's going to work for you. There's no point in just doing a meal plan without doing the work prior to that to make sure that it fits in with you and your lifestyle and the way that you think, the way that you work with your energy levels. And that's all the stuff that I cover in my uh, meal planning course. It's And my three-hour cooking week um, plan as well covers all of that kind of stuff. It's really um, important if you want to stick to a meal plan to do that work beforehand. Otherwise, what happens is, for me anyway, is I'll make a list of what I'm going to cook, then I don't do it because I haven't done the work beforehand. Okay, so batch cooking, major, major part of being um, efficient in the kitchen and working with your energy levels, having food there when you're low of energy, ready to go so that you, you don't go hungry or end up eating the wrong thing. Um, Karen was saying that she only has the energy to really cook twice a week. Um, batch cooking lends itself really well to that kind of um, timetable because um, you can make something and it can last you for two or three days. Make something else, it can last you for two or three days, your week's done. Um, she talked about um, how some vegetables, hard vegetables, are difficult to chop. And um, I agree with her. And, you know, I avoid chopping hard vegetables if I can so just the other day um yesterday in fact I roasted a whole bush butternut squash and a whole sweet I don't chop them beforehand because they're hard work so I just chuck them in the oven wash them give them a bit of scrub if they need it chuck them in the oven and then once they're out and they're soft and they're easier to chop I chop it then so obviously if you're finding hard um, veg hard to chop use softer veg as well that's another thing to do the harder veg you can roast it like I said or cook it steam it whole whatever it is you want to do you can also buy um, buy it ready prepared you can buy it frozen which is really good value and it's already in chunks so it's ready to use um, you might buy them fresh you can get the soup packets casserole packets as well they're better value 
um, then then having you know you get prepared veg which is meant to just be steamed or microwaved and have it as a side but the the, the veg that goes in a stir fry or a casserole or a soup tends to be cheaper and it's still prepped for you but I do find that you need to use that quicker as well so I tend to try and cook it on the day that it comes into the house from the supermarket rather than leaving it in the fridge for a while because it it just goes bad very quickly um, and that's the thing like about as well as it being hard to cut soft uh, cut veg just generally um, you might not have time to or the energy levels to cook fresh veg when it comes in so getting it pre-prepared sometimes really helps because then you can just put it straight in the slow cooker or straight into the saucepan and use it straight away um, and that's something I like to do so when I get my shopping in from the supermarket or wherever you do your shopping um, I like to cut the veg up um, just roughly chopped I'm not precious about it at all and get it into the onto a roasting dish lined with foil with a little bit of oil and straight into the oven um, so it cooks straight away and then I've got it in the fridge ready to use I don't chop everything like I say the butternut squash swede onions peppers they all go into the oven hole and they're, they're brilliant they're brilliant mushrooms don't do anything with them I just turn, make sure they're turned upside um, down so that the juice stays in and it's just a really easy way to cook it takes hardly any time it will take between um, between 10 and 20 minutes depending on the size of your household and what type of vegetables you've chosen to cook um, but honestly I re really recommend getting it ready when it comes into the house because then you're not put putting it into the fridge and then taking it out of the fridge and then preparing it you're saving yourself some energy there as well so what do you do once you've got all these these things that are batch cooked, whether it's individual veg and meat or whether it's a whole meal, a lasagna or chili, um, make enough so that you've got some that goes in the fridge and then some that goes in the freezer. And when you put the stuff in the fridge and the freezer, if you have space and the, and the um, chance to do it, it's good to portion it up, right? So especially in the freezer because then you can just take out what you want straight away and put it in the microwave um, or heat it up however you want to heat it up if you can do it in the fridge as well that's great now it's a bit difficult to do it in the fridge because of the limited amount of space but sometimes what I do is if I made soup I'll put it into bowls in portions so then when I'm ready to have my soup I can just take the bowl out of the fridge put it in the microwave and then on the table ready to eat with some bread and that's my meal done really low energy but you know it feels good as well at the same time I honestly recommend doing that it's such a game changer um, don't forget while you're batch cooking um, to do the sides so rice quinoa you know those types of things um, potatoes batch cook them as well why not and then you know it just makes it so much easier so rice if I'm cooking rice what I'll often do is just do much more than I need then put some in the fridge to eat um, the next day and then portion it up and freeze it and then when I want it I just take out one portion at a time and it's ready and it makes cooking more uh, more efficient and it means that I'm less likely to not want to cook because 
I know I don't have to make the rice as well, the rice is there. Same with chapatis or bread, whatever. You know, portion it out, put it in the freezer, use your freezer, it's brilliant, of course. Also, um, try and do things, if you're, if you're making two meals and the, those two meals, different meals, have common elements, prepare the common elements at the same time and then just do things that are different about them separately. And that way, the bit that's common, you've kind of half the time of producing that because you're doing both at the same time so instead of doing it twice. It works, it's really good, it's brilliant. Um, it, it means that sometimes you have to think about um, things that you might do at the beginning of the meal, you do it at, sorry, at the beginning of cooking that particular meal, you might need to sort of move to later on in the cooking. I do cover it in other podcast episodes. Um, it's, it's a really good tip. I also cover it in my meal planning course in more detail. But also things like if you make chilli and you um, you might use that to, as a chilli, then you might use it as a pasta sauce. You might have it um, with chef, to make shepherd's pie or then just have it in a taco. Juice it up as well when you... Um, when you have it, like with a taco, you might want to add like pepper seasoning to give it a little bit of a, a bit of fire, you know, so it tastes more like that. You don't feel like you're having the same thing over and over again. Whew. So hacks, just here are some hacks, because she says that sometimes because um, for Karen, cooking, you know, the amount of energy it takes means that she can't do it all in one go. She might spread it out during the day. And so what she might do is she might go and get the ingredients and lay them all out. And then later on, when she's got more energy again, come back and then cook them. And so she's doing little bits throughout the day. Um, I'd like, you know, to try and find ways of making it easy for her to cook all in one go. And, and so that it doesn't tire out so much. And some of these hacks will definitely help with that. Um, using frozen veg, meat and fish is absolutely a game changer because you're not prepping it you're not cutting it you're not you know you don't have to do anything you don't even have to check you know cut the bad bits off or anything wash it it's all done for you it's just ready to cook so frozen um veg meat and fish are just a game changer always i even have frozen avocado um to put on my toast and it's it's good you know um it's much easier especially in the mornings when i'm in a rush i love having things that are still healthy but really um really good for you and really quick and easy and don't use up my energy that I could be using on being productive uh ready-made sauces and blends I mean I I make my own blends that I sell so of course I'm going to say it's a, a good thing but there is no shame in using ready-made stuff if it means that you're going to cook and eat healthy food rather than eating something rubbish, then use them. Use the ready-made stuff. There is no shame in it. Just be careful about the salt and the sugar and the fat content and all the preservatives and additives that they have. Try and, you know, go for things that are a bit more natural. I deliberately only use dried ingredients in my in my meal blends, or ingredient blends, because I don't want to add oil and and more salt and more sugar than I need to and all the preservatives I want to keep them as non-perishable as possible and so that's the thought process behind that um, one thing that Karen does is she has snacks um, dotted around 
<laughs> so she has some in her bedside cabinet, maybe by um, on the table in her living room, so that when she doesn't have any energy, and the same with bottles of water she keeps dotted around the house, so that she's always able to hydrate and feed herself when she needs to. Like, why not? You know, it's such an easy thing, such a good um, habit to get into. The energy ball kits are brilliant for that, you know, just kind of have make them whenever you've got time or just eat them just from the packet brilliant you know and they're natural as well um and batch cooking is great for when you've not got energy because you've always got something in the fridge or the freezer it's good to stock your freezer as much as possible because if you have a prolonged and um, period of low energy then you know you've got enough stuff in the freezer stocked up ready to eat when you need it so definitely focus on filling your freezer it's a no-brainer it's really good it's really easy um, and it's the best thing you can do breakfast times tend to be the time when um, I want something quick and easy and so overnight oats are brilliant and they're brilliant for any time of the day when you're low on energy and they're so easy to make and you can make it with frozen um, veg, frozen fruits and it's just oats and, and then you add whatever milk you want or juice and add some frozen fruit and some yogurt and some seeds if you've got them, give them a stir, leave them in the fridge and have it in the morning, that's it, it's that easy. Um, what I often do is I, I like porridge and um, I like savoury spicy porridge and so I'll have porridge with some I like milk or you can just make it with water frozen mixed veg and um, some of my curry powder my curry kit that I make my um, the one that I sell and I put it in the microwave let it cook for a few minutes and I might put a dollop of cream on and some seeds on top it's so easy. If you haven't got energy, you don't need to worry about the yogurt. You don't need to worry about the seeds. You can just have that and maybe add some beans in to give it some protein. And it's so easy and so quick. You can have that anytime. And it's always like ready-made stuff that you're just bunging in, you know. So hopefully that will help on days of really low energy. Okay, so organization is key to managing um, cooking when you've got low energy levels. Um, Karen in particular can't stand for long periods of time because she might faint um, so what she does is she has a chair in the kitchen so that she can sit while she's chopping and cooking and so you know for safety that's much better for her she's not standing for as long um she also takes her she's got some chopping to do she takes it into the living room so she can sit and chop in the living room which i think is lovely because then you can watch your tv you can have a chat and chop at the same time and you don't feel like you're doing as much work because the energy levels is also about how you feel about doing the work um and you know if that can help that's brilliant um what I really loved is she's really thought about how to minimise the distance that she that she walks, have the amount that she walks in the kitchen while she's cooking. So she tries to keep um, everything for the same meal in one place. She um, takes a bowl or a trolley to her larder, puts everything she needs on that bowl, in the bowl or on the trolley, and then takes it back to where she's going to be doing her making her um, meal, whether it's chopping or doing the prep or the cooking brilliant idea it means you're just doing one journey there one journey back and it saves you so much time 
The other thing that she does, which makes doing that even easier, is that she stores everything that she needs to cook one meal in the same place. So um, if you're going to make a, um, a vegetarian chili, let's just say vegetarian casserole in the slow cooker, <coughs> excuse me, then you can have your, um, your grains, your pulses, all of that in the same place. Put a um, bottle of spasata in there as well, maybe your spices. Then when you're going to cook, you just pick all of that up in the same, at the same time. Game changer. And you can, it sometimes means that you might have to have the same thing dotted around different places, but if it saves you time, why not? And it's also thinking through what you're doing, uh, making it as efficient as possible. I love that. And one of the things that she did say to me is that having fresh food, when you're low of energy, because you don't always know when you're going to be low of energy, fresh food can go to waste. So those boxes, you know, the recipe boxes that you can get, sometimes aren't good for her because she can't plan to use it in time because if she's low of energy, it'll go to waste. And that's one of the reasons why she particularly liked the Virtualicious blends of ingredients because they are non-perishable. Um, and, you know, the, the, the things that we've talked about under the organisation is, um, you know, think about the tea, coffee and sugar uh, the tea and coffee cupboard it's really a well-oiled machine we have the tea coffee and sugar in the same cupboard why because we know that we use them at the same time so having them there means that we can just grab them without having to move we often have that next to the kettle and near the mugs and the kettle is near the sink so literally all we have to do is move away to get the milk and come back and then everything's in our sort of one station to make the tea and coffee we might keep the bread near the toaster so that we don't have to move it's that principle of reducing the amount of space that we use um, to walk around the kitchen when we're cooking that saves energy and that energy is you know it's really important for people like Karen who need to conserve their energy um so also storing so keeping your cupboards and um equipment easy to get is really important so um keeping things in see-through containers means that you can see them really easily you don't have to kind of like keep looking moving things around trying to look for it also where you have got quite deep cupboards and you've got things in in front of each other and you can't see what's behind what a really good idea is to have a almost like a, a diagram of what you've got in your cupboard and stick it to the inside of the cupboard so almost like draw what you've got by row so back row tins of tomatoes um, row in front is all my pulses and if you have that stuck to the cupboard you open your cupboard and you look at it and you're like oh okay yeah that's where my butter beans are and then you can just go and grab it straight away really really easy to do um, and saves so much time um, storing things uh, that are particularly difficult to carry like maybe a food processor or a saucepan that's heavy um, at waist height so it is easy to pick up and move around it's really you know that's really helpful um, having a heavy item low in a low cupboard or up high you know it's hazardous and you're more likely to injure yourself so keeping them at waist height if at all possible is a really good idea 
and don't be afraid of empty spaces. So I've got a cupboard, um, it's really hard to get to. So I've kept things like on the edge that's easy to get to, but deep inside, I've actually left it empty now because I've realized that it's really difficult for me to get to. Every time I get to it, I'm straining myself. One of these days I'm gonna do myself an injury. What's the point? So what I would say is don't be afraid of empty spaces. In my larder, it's not fully stocked. Um, it's fully stocked, but it's not full. Um, there is space on each shelf for me to move the bottles around so that I can get to to something at the back without having to kind of go and look for somewhere to put all the bottles down while I get to the one at the back. So it's just reducing that that energy uh, level and the amount of moving around that I'm doing. Okay, equipment, right? Who doesn't love a, I love a gadget? I really love a gadget. You must know I love a gadget if you listen to my podcast by now. Um, I'd say use light equipment where possible. So, um, like stainless steel bowls are brilliant. Yeah, glass bowls are quite heavy, um, but stainless steel is really light, and I love stainless steel. It's brilliant. Um, saucepans as well, really heavy saucepans, which are great for cooking, but if you're trying to reduce the amount of energy that you're using, a light saucepan is probably a better bet. Smaller gadgets that are easier to move around, easier to hold, less energy, less awkward to carry um, are good options as well but do embrace a gadget. I love a gadget. Gadgets save so much time in the kitchen. They're brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Love a slow cooker. Who doesn't love a slow cooker? Um, I think the slow cooker is a great option for people with low energy. I honestly think it's the quickest way of cooking. I Because you don't have to do much prep really at all. So I might chop an onion, chop some garlic, um, put in some pulses, um, some grains, um, some vegetable stock, some of my peri-peri seasoning, some of my curry seasoning, some herbs, bung it all in, um, some water, and uh, let it cook. I'm probably going to forget something, but you get the gist. Let it cook for a few hours. I like chickpeas in there. I love chickpeas in there. Then once it's cooked, take it off and um, take the cover off and add some passata. And then I'll give it a bit of stir and let it carry on cooking until it's ready for dinner. You don't even have to warm it up because it's already, it's, you know, it's got to keep warm function. It's already warm for you. It's just brilliant. And then you'll have like loads of portions of this wonderful food, which tastes good. It's going to have a really wonderful texture. It's going to have a sweetness about it because it's been cooked at that low heat. Everything's been kept inside. Slow cookers are amazing. There is an episode on slow cooking, a uh, previous podcast episode if you want to listen to more on that. It's a game changer. And when you get, you know, we talked about using the um, soup mixes or the casserole mixes, use them in the slow cooker. You're getting your vegetables. There's no prep to do. And, and you know, the taste is going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. You're getting your veg in there easily. Highly recommend a slow cooker. Really, really, really really recommend it bullet blenders oh bullet blender what did we do without bullet blenders i mean it's just a game changer and we were talking the other day about um, how we used to use pestle and mortars and it was like going on for ages and ages and ages um bullet blenders amazing what it means is with the food processor you could do a large batch of stuff but with the bullet blender you can do much smaller mixes 
So you can use it for onion, garlic and ginger and, and chilies actually when you're cooking. You blend it in that and then put it into the saucepan. You're cutting your chopping down, uh, chopping time down by so much. And it's just, it, you're using stuff that is harder to, to use, you know, that's a bit kind of, takes a bit more time. It makes it quick, it makes it easy and it means you can have it. You can use it for soups, you can use it for um, quick milkshakes, which are great when you're low on energy. Milkshake, right, my favourite is banana milkshake. Put some milk in. Oh, if you don't have milk, you can use an alternative for sure. Um, I put 20 grams of. So I put enough milk in. So this is to make one cup, one glass. Um, so it's, it'll be less than a glass worth of milk because in total it's going to be a glass. And then I add 20 grams of oats and one banana. I like using frozen sliced bananas, which I'll, I would have frozen before um, because it gives you that really lovely crystal um, texture like McDonald's milkshake. Love it. And then I add one teaspoon of cocoa powder because I get the chocolate hit without the um, unhealthiness and one teaspoon of coffee to give me that zing <laughs> and some buzzing. No sugar because the banana is sweet enough. And I whiz it up in the bullet blender and it's just the most awesome breakfast ever if you're low on energy you can have that as a snack and it really you know gives you your energy but it doesn't take any time at all it's brilliant i really really love it and if you've got the um, sliced bananas in the freezer you don't even need to you know have fresh if you haven't got fresh ones it's fine it's always there so i use the bullet blender for loads of things soups sauces so much stuff i really like it white sauce i'm making the bullet blender um I talk about it in other episodes on my Instagram. Um, there's, you know, there's lots of places to find out more about how I use a bullet blender. Food processors are great as well, and you can get them a wide range of food food processors from very small, very light to very large, very heavy, from very cheap to very expensive. I have the Thermomix, but I also have a manual um grater which i still call it it's a food processor really it's a, a grater where you it has discs and then you you turn the handle um to make it go round and and to grate your cheese it's brilliant i use different things for different times the the manual one is great because it's quick and easy to set up it takes very little cleaning um the the food processors are great but they're heavy and they take a bit of time and energy to set up and to clean. So you've got to weigh up um, the benefits of each one when you decide what you're going to use them for, depending on what recipe you're using. Soup makers. I've never tried a soup maker, but Karen recommends them. And she says within 20 minutes, you've got a lovely soup. I use my Thermomix to, to make soup and I love it. And it's, it's the same, you know, within 20 minutes, I've got a wonderful soup. Soups are brilliant because like the slow cooker you can have a really wholesome balanced meal in a soup it's easy to eat as well it's really quick it's easy to store in the fridge they're brilliant and obviously we all need a microwave we all need a dishwasher but not everyone does obviously because there are lots of people without them i don't know how you manage i need one but they are like seriously they are a game changer in terms of energy um you know, reducing your energy spend in the kitchen and saving you time, which would then help you to eat more healthy. So if you can, and if you, you know, if, if you agree with having microwaves and dishwashers, then, and if you've got space, brilliant. Which brings me on to cleaning. <laughs> so cleaning is, um, 
oh, it's, it's not the most glamorous part of cooking, is it, really? You know, it's a bit, it's the afterthought. Um, but I, I've learned over the years that cleaning up as I go is the only way to do it. So once I've finished with a saucepan, for example, I'll wash it, put it on the drainer. Once I've finished with a chopping board or a knife, I'll, I'll wipe, um, clean it, not rinse them, wash them and put them on the drainer. If, if I've um, finished chopping something, yeah, I'll wash the chopping board and the knife, but I'll also wipe the worktop so that it's all clean as I'm going. What that means is that once I've finished cooking, there's only a little bit left to clean up, which I do before I eat, because who wants to clean after they're finished eating? So always try and get all your cleaning done before you eat. I know it's difficult because when I first started cooking, and I used to make a, <laughs> I used to make a mess in the kitchen. The kitchen looked like a bomb had hit it by the time I'd finished, and I would have to clean afterwards. But over the years, I've you know sort of trained myself to clean as I go. And now, by the time I sit down to eat, nine times out of ten, my kitchen is clean already. But once I've eaten, I literally just have to give the dishes, scrape the dishes, and put them in the dishwasher and it's job done. Highly, highly recommend trying to clean as you go. If they've got, if you've got something that's um, particularly stubborn, soak it straight away, you know, so it's easier to clean later on. Um, when I roast my um, veg in the oven or do any anything like that, I line it with non-stick um, foil so that the, the baking sheets are easier to clean. I don't like disposable um, one-use items, so we talk about one-use plastics, but single-use plastics, but also single-use foil, for example. Foil is also a resource. Using it once and throwing it away is not good for the environment at all. However, um, I've tried alternatives. I've tried silicon baking mat. I've tried just using the baking um, tray and lining it um, and putting oil, greasing it with oil. I haven't found something that works, unfortunately. If you know something, let me know because I really want to learn how to do it without causing any waste whatsoever. But in the meantime, I'm using foil. And if you're low on energy and it means that you have to waste that piece of foil, I'd rather you waste that piece of foil and eat healthy than throw that piece of foil, uh, then save that piece of foil, but then get a ready meal or get a takeaway, which is full of waste as well. So, you know, there's a balance to be struck there. Um, alternatives to foil are roasting bags, which are really good because they seal all the, the flavor and the moisture into the bag. You can see right through it. They're brilliant. They're really, really good. I highly recommend them. Do try them. Um, and also use things that are easy to clean in the first place. So non-stick pans, you know, they tend to be lighter because we talked about heavy pans, um, using lighter pans instead. But also using non-stick makes cleaning so much easier. Um, using non-stick, make sure that you still cook on a lower heat or medium heat, not too high because you don't want it to stick because it will stick if you, if you don't look after them properly. Um, and stainless steel. Stainless steel, as I've said, ticks all the boxes. It's cheap, it's light, it's super, super, super easy to clean. It lasts a lifetime. And, you know, honestly, that 
they stay so clean because they are really easy to clean and they don't hold on to the dirt so much. So stainless steel all the way. I use stainless steel bowls, graters, um, utensils like peelers and zesters and all of those things. Brilliant. And I'd say cheapest chips. So I hope this has all helped you. If you find this useful, then share it with somebody that you know might find it useful too because you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff here. We've talked about um, cleaning, equipment, organizing your kitchen and your workspace, about cooking hacks, about batch cooking, about meal planning. We've covered a lot of stuff here. Um, so yeah, do share it with a friend that you think might find it useful. If you like the podcast, hit subscribe, tell a friend about it, let's spread the word and um, enjoy your cooking. Okay, bye.